The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson. Ajay Salvas, and he's on the road. He's getting ready for Mountain Crest at Bountiful tonight. He'll be on the call with AJ, AJ Knight. The game will be on 107.7 FM. We want the full rundown of who's playing where tonight on a rare Wednesday night football uh, <laughs> week for because of the uh, UEA weekend. Uh, it's all available on cashvalleydaily.com. Got the full schedules. Where radio stations are carrying the games and uh, how to listen online. Uh, but uh, anyway, interesting games that are on, going on. Also have the girls' soccer playoffs underway, and I'll update you on those when those games go go final as well. But this hour here on the Full Court Press, it's an in-the-know Wednesday, and we're going to continue to get you in-the-know for the game coming up Saturday night between Utah State and the University of Nevada. It's the first time these two teams have faced each other in a while, and to help us get a, get a better feel for what this Wolfpack team is like this year, uh, is uh, Chris Murray. He joins us. He's with the Nevada Sportsnet. He's been on with us before to help us understand uh, Nevada basketball. But uh, Chris joins us now to understand some Nevada football. Maybe we'll get some basketball questions in there as well. Chris, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, this this Wolfpack team, looking at them, it's been a really interesting season uh, watching them from afar. Uh, last year, they looked like this was a team that was making improvements. They became more explosive. Uh, they were a pretty dangerous team at times. This year, there's been some times where that has carried over, and it looks like they've been have that ability to be explosive and be exciting. But they've also had some games where they've just kind of struggled and stagnated. Uh, they made a quarterback change last week. Seemed to be a pretty good move. Where will you assess this Nevada Wolfpack team now? It's a halfway point for them in their season. Yeah, I think we're going to learn a lot more about them over the next couple of weeks. I mean, they go to Utah State, they go to Wyoming. They're going to play some better competition. I mean, they're really happy with the record of 4-2. and two. That includes a win over uh, Purdue to open the season. Uh, but Nevada was plus 5 in the turnover margin in that game. Uh, so it, it was maybe a little bit fortunate to win that one. And the other three wins are against Weber State, which is an FCS school, uh, San Jose State, which has obviously struggled the last couple of years, although it is better this season, and then UTEP, which is probably the worst FBS team in the nation. So... The 4-2 record might be a little bit misleading, especially when you look at what happened in the two losses, a 71-point loss to Oregon, a 51-point home loss to Hawaii. So uh, I think they are still searching for their identity a little bit. They are in a pretty good position that if they improve their level of play, I think the West Division is wide, wide open. Um, and I, I do think that they have found more answers at quarterback. They've started three different quarterbacks in their first six games. You mentioned the change before the San Jose State game, Malik Henry a former Florida State player, a four-star recruit coming out of high school, a really talented kid uh, who's had some issues uh, with coaches and things of that nature. He was on Last Chance U, the documentary on Netflix, and uh, you know, basically ended up getting kicked out of that school. Um, but it seems like he's gotten things together a little bit better. And against San Jose State, I mean, he was really good. Uh, threw for 352 yards. He was able to get the ball down the field a lot better. He had a 75-yard touchdown pass. He had another 55-yard pass. Uh, definitely added a lot of explosion to the Wolfpack offense, had a touchdown, uh, did throw two interceptions. I've made a couple of mistakes, but I think Nevada was really happy with how he played in that game. 
And if he can continue that level of play against Utah State, maybe he gives the Wolfpack a chance in this game where they're going to come in as, as pretty lopsided underdogs. So let's focus, keep focusing on that aspect of the of the game with the offense and some of his targets or some of the guys that have been there maybe haven't been switching out the wide receiver core that's been there this season. Some of them made some pretty big plays. And it seems that uh, Elijah Cook seems to be the, one of the main targets. He's had probably the most consistent games throughout the year. What about that wide receiver core? How would you describe them and some of the people there that, that we need to be watching for? Yeah, I think they had underachieved, uh, you know, really through the first five games. I think they played really well against San Jose State, and that was in part because Malik was getting them the ball down the field, and he was really spreading it out. I mean, nine different people caught a pass against San Jose State. You mentioned Elijah Cooks. He's been Nevada's most productive wide receiver. He's a six foot three wide receiver, six foot four wide receiver. Uh, actually, was on Nevada's Sweet 16 basketball team a couple of years ago. So a very athletic kid. Uh, has four touchdowns this season. Um, so he's obviously a weapon. Uh, to me, Romeo Dubs is Nevada's best wide receiver, uh, has the most potential, and you saw that against San Jose State. He had five catches uh, for more than 140 yards, uh, that 75-yard touchdown. He had a concussion earlier in the season. He suffered that against Oregon, set out the Weber State game, so he's gotten off to a slower start. Only a sophomore was not a wide receiver until he came to college, but a ton of potential in that kid. Uh, and then Caleb Fossum is their slob receiver. Hasn't been nearly as productive this year than last year. Um, but there are a couple of weapons in there. When you look at Dubs and Cooks, these are both six foot three guys uh, who have good speed and can get down the field. And Malik Henry seems to be unlocking a little bit of their potential. So those are the two guys to highlight. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at the offensive production, Toa Tawa, uh, the running back, he was preseason all Mountain West, again, got off to a slower start. He had a thigh contusion, uh, but Nevada fed him 34 carries. That was a career high against San Jose State, and he responded with a huge game. So I think you're going to see a lot of Nevada leaning on its stars a little bit more moving forward. They do like to spread the ball around. So I think against San Jose State, they said, the heck with this, let's just get the ball in the hands of Toa Tawa, of Romeo Dubs, of Elijah Cook, uh, and, you know, try and ride these guys to a better offensive performance. You mentioned Toa Tawa. It's a running back. He's had a great season so far. And some of the things that he's been able to do, some, some games where he's really stood out, uh, and he's – Seems to be like uh, as I've watched film on him, uh, describing more of a kind of more of a power type back. Does that be the best way to describe him? Yeah, very fair. I think. I mean, he's a guy who does not get tackled by the first defender. I mean, he does an excellent job of making guys miss, of taking contact and moving forward. He's had to do that because Nevada's offensive line uh, is a below-average group. Uh, they did lose their starting left tackle, a three-year starter, Jake Nelson, to a broken arm against Hawaii. Uh, so they've had to kind of move some pieces around. They have not played all that well this season, either in the run game or in pass protection. Uh, they did insert a new uh, junior college uh, center, uh, Tyler uh, Orsini, uh, and he played pretty well against San Jose State and seemed to stabilize the line a little bit. The, the line did play its best game against the Spartans, um, but it has not been a strength, the offensive line. So Toa Tawa has got, had to get a lot of yards that he's gotten on his own, uh, and he's more than capable of doing that. The problem is, is he's not getting a lot of holes. When he does get holes, I mean, he's definitely a big play guy. He's probably Nevada's fastest back, uh, but I would agree with you that he's more of a power back than anything else uh, and does a tremendous job of yards after contact. I mean, he, he did that last year as a true freshman uh, when he was the Mountain West freshman of the year, and he's had to do that again this season. And, and I know there's kind of an emotional, kind of happy to see Devontae Lee back into the mix after missed so much time with injury. Do you do you see the kind of him on a, a trajectory where he gets more more touches or is this pretty much Toa Tawa? He is going to be the guy and anything else may be piecemeal for anybody else. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they'll give Lee some carries. I mean, he's mostly a short yard kind of back. They use him out of a wildcat formation, and he was really, uh, you know, uh, productive last year. He was also a true freshman last season, and he had seven touchdowns on only 45 carries. So they used him a lot around the goal line. He had two touchdowns, uh, you know, last week and, and only uh, t- 10 carries. So, uh, I mean, he's definitely a guy who, who's going to be on the field, but I think he's going to be on the field more uh, just when Nevada needs to get, you know, either a short yard on fourth down or when they get around the goal line. I think Nevada has made the decision to kind of ride Teletau a little bit more. Now their backup, their traditional backup is Kelton Moore. He's a, a six-year senior. He's a captain of the team. Uh, he's been a starter in the past. He was pretty banged up last week, so he didn't play. Uh, you know, didn't have any carries. So I think you could see a little bit more of Kelton this week. Um, but I think it would be smart on Nevada's standpoint to, to get the ball to Teletau 30 times game. Uh, he's not a guy who has taken a lot of carries. He's only had three games in his career where he's had more than 20 carries. Two of those have been against San Jose State, so they've kind of been delicate with his carries, but I think they're at the stage in the season where they need to give him the ball because he's their most productive player out of the backfield. So I do think you're going to see a lot of Toa with maybe a little bit of Kelton Moore uh, and Devontae Lee when they need a short yardage kind of situation. Again, we're talking to Chris Murray. He's with the uh, Nevada Sportsnet, contributor for them in Reno, following the the uh, the Wolf Pack. And this is uh, switching over to defense now for Nevada. This is a team that they've had some some takeaways that they've been able to do. Daniel Brown's got three interceptions on the year. There was the big interception return for a touchdown by Austin Arnold last week. That that mm-hmm. secondary for Nevada. How consistent have they been against? They faced a pretty good passing attack last week uh, from San Jose State. There's going to be facing another love quarterback that likes to throw the ball. Uh, How would you assess that secondary for the Wolfpack? Well, he's not very good right now. Uh, I mean, San Jose State has improved a lot, but they threw for 400 yards on Nevada. Nevada struggled to stop the pass against Purdue, it struggled to stop the pass against Oregon. Uh, the, the secondary is the weakness of Nevada's defense for sure. Uh, the Wolfpack has actually been very stout in the run game. And when Coach Marvell took over, Nevada was the worst run defense in the nation. They made some games the first year. Last year, they were one of the top 30 teams in the nation in run defense. This year, they're one of the top 30 teams in the nation in run defense. So that is the strength of the group, and the linebacking core is pretty solid. But the secondary, specifically the safeties, are really, really young. I mean, you're talking about three first-year starters at safeties, a lot of them moving from the offense to the defense to add some depth there. Uh, they came here as offensive players. So that is the area where Utah State can best expose the Wolfpack. Uh, I know Jordan Love has not gotten off to the kind of start that he was hoping to get off to, um, but I would not be surprised if Utah State has a big game in the past game uh, if they get Jordan Love uh, you know, a little bit more healthy as far as the statistics are concerned uh, because Nevada, when they have played better passing teams, has really, really struggled in that area. So that, that's the area if I'm the Aggies coaches that you pretty obviously target and try and take some shots down the field and make some big plays against a secondary that has given up a lot of big plays. Uh, you mentioned that run defense, that front seven uh, for Nevada. Dom Peterson, six tackles for loss. He's got a couple of guys that, that really seem to be having success getting into the backfield. Uh, what are, is that mostly led by a group of the, the, the linebackers, or do you see that what's happening on that defensive line really getting that push and creating opportunities? Yeah, I think it's a combination. I think Don Peterson alone is a very, very good player. He was a freshman last year, uh, moved up to a sophomore this season, and he's, he's Nevada's best pass rusher, the best guy getting into the backfield by far. Uh, he actually was a menace in high school, but he's only about six feet, so he didn't get a ton of offers. It was really just Nevada in Syracuse. San Diego State did offer him, but then pulled it away kind of at the last minute. So uh, he's a guy who's been productive his entire life, uh, and he played for a really good high school, a state championship high school 
uh, team in Southern California growing up. So he's a tremendous player on the line. But it really is the the linebackers being uh, used as blitzers and the 3-3 stack. I mean, Nevada uses a not I guess it's not too crazy uh, as far as the Mountain West is concerned because San Diego State and Boise State run a pretty similar scheme. Um, but Jeff Castile is Nevada's defensive coordinator, who's defensive coordinator at West Virginia under Rich Rodriguez, and then at Arizona. He's a really good defensive mind, and he will get the best out of his group, and he really dials up unique blitzes uh, with his linebackers. Uh, Gabe Sewell, to me, is the best linebacker at Nevada, so he's kind of the guy to watch out for there, and he's been able to uh, you know, move from the middle linebacker position, which he started his first three years at Nevada, to more of an outside linebacker position this year where he can do more of the blitzing. Uh, but those are the two guys to watch out for. Don Peterson uh, you know, has taken over the role of best pass rusher on the team after Nevada lost two all-conference pass rushers last year in, in Corey Rush and Malik Reed, and then you need, you know, you need to watch out for Gabe Sewell, uh, you know, coming on linebacker blitzes because they really do like to use him and his athleticism to try and make some big plays. And I guess my my uh, final question about how this team is uh, right now, this is kind of halfway through the season. They haven't, have they had a bye week? I don't know that they've had a bye they, week yet. Yeah, it was prior to the San Jose State game. So, uh, you know, right. they had two weeks, okay. uh, you know, after the 54-3 to loss to Hawaii, uh, to really get ripped up and down by the coaching staff, be questioned by the coaching staff, and they started off really well against San Jose State. They were up 21 really early in the game, 24 to three, and then you know had to hang on at the end with the, the walk off field goal. So uh, they should be fairly fresh, but obviously Utah State having the bye week, you know, this previous week uh, helps the Aggies a good deal. And my, I guess, related to that is the the health of the team. Are there any like mm-hmm. uh, that kind of a grind? There was a bit of a, a break that they did have to get a little bit more healthy. But are there guys that uh, you would normally expect to see uh, for Nevada that we won't see on Saturday? They're in pretty good shape. So there are two guys who who left the San Jose State game, and their uh, situation for Utah State is unknown at the time. I would list them as questionable. Daniel Brown. Uh, got hit in the head and, and never returned to the game. So he's going through the protocol. And then uh, Halcia Sakona, who's a defensive tackle, a, a three-year starter at tackle, uh, had a knee injury and didn't return to the game. So those are two uh, defensive starters for Nevada who, if they're not playing, you know, cer- certainly is a, it's a hit to the Wolfpack. Um, but, you know, outside of that, they, they have had a relatively healthy season as far as injuries are concerned. And what's the sense with uh, how – Coach Norvell is is received. Uh, I mean, he's, he seems to be turning some things around there, uh, and uh, they seem to be a little more competitive than they mm-hmm. were uh, a few years ago. But is it trending in the right direction? Do people feel like, or is there still some, uh, I guess, unsettled opinions about uh, what this coaching staff is doing right now? Yeah, I mean, you look at the attendance figures, and I think a lot of people are still on the bridge. Uh, you know, they're they're not fully bought in. I mean, the attendance has not been great uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I think this has turned into a basketball town for sure, uh, you know, with Eric Musselman doing a terrific job, and then with Nevada investing and giving Steve Alford a fully guaranteed 10-year contract. Uh, you know, I think the Wolfpack has put kind of more of an emphasis on basketball. Um, so I think Jay Norville has done a, a good job. You consider Nevada has the second lowest football budget in the conference. Jay Norville is the lowest paid head coach in the conference. Uh, Nevada does not have an indoor practice facility, which every other cold-weather school in the Mountain West has. Uh, and to go from three wins in its first season up to eight wins in a bowl victory last year was good growth, but it hasn't necessarily gotten more people into the stadium. I mean, you opened the, the season against Purdue, a team that beat three top 25 teams last year, and you you know, you know rallied from 18 points down in the second half to win on a walk-off field goal, a 56-yarder, and you think that would stoke the enthusiasm, but it hasn't necessarily done that. And I think 
how Nevada closes the second half of this season will kind of dictate you know, whether people are fully on the bandwagon because that 4-2 and two record is good. Um, but Nevada has four road games still left where they're going to be pretty decisive underdogs. So there's a good chance that they, they go something like 6-6 six and six and maybe they're on the fringe of a bowl game. Um, and that's why I think going out and competing well against Utah State is so important because I think it will validate those first four wins that will say, okay, this is a good team with Malik Henry, a quarterback. This is a team that can beat the upper echelon of the Mountain West, which Nevada has not done uh, really since it entered the conference. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, there's some enthusiasm, but certainly not the same amount of enthusiasm that we've seen for Wolfpack basketball the last couple of seasons. Uh, well, we've seen that in Logan, where the product on the yeah. field improved quicker than the fans could react. Uh, eventually, the, it, it caught on, but for a long time, it was a basketball school, and football had been bad for so long, it took a while. Um, but mm-hmm. talking about basketball, switching to that real quickly, just your opinion about uh, the Mountain West preseason polls came out. Utah State was a unanimous number one, which surprised me that this is a really good league. Uh, but Nevada, not even in the top three. Uh, new head coach. Obviously, there was some great talent that has graduated and left. But uh, what the sense about this Nevada team coming into this next year? Uh, I think people are excited, but there are just so many question marks. I mean, you lose your entire starting five. You lose your entire coaching staff. Uh, and then you just wonder, okay, who's going to replace Jordan Caroline, Caleb Martin, Cody Martin, all of these guys that people were so familiar with. I think the Wolfpack did a tremendous job in getting Steve Alford onto campus. This is a guy who won six championships in the Mountain West in six years in New Mexico. Uh, it's a guy who individually has more Mountain West championships or even conference championships won than the rest of the coaches in the Mountain West combined. So he brings in instant credibility. And there are some talented players returning. You have Jazz Johnson, who averaged double digits for the Wolfpack last year. You have Lindsey Drew, who was an all-conference caliber player before he missed last year with two hip surgeries and a torn Achilles. Uh, you have Jalen Harris, who's from Louisiana Tech, a transfer who's averaging 15 points per game there. Uh, you have Eric Parrish, who uh, is a proven Division One player. He played at Akron as a freshman before going to a junior college and being a national, uh, you know, junior college All-American last season. So there is talent. Everybody's just in so different of a role. Uh, and there isn't a ton of depth with only 10 scholarship players. So it's a pretty thin line for Nevada to, you know, beat teams. Uh, above them in the Mountain West. I, I think putting Utah State at number one makes complete sense. I'm a voter in the AP Top 25. I have Utah State in my Top 25 preseason poll. Uh, they absolutely belong there. They deserve to be number one. But really, you go from two to seven or two to eight, and it's wide open to me. I mean, Boise State returns a lot of good players, but they weren't very good last year. New Mexico is crazy talented, but they underachieved last season. San Diego State lost three of its top four scorers, so there are question marks there. Air Force returns its entire starting lineup. Can it make a push? Fresno State, which was good last year, loses two all-conference players, uh, you know, in Braxton Huggins and Deshaun Taylor. So uh, a lot of questions. I can see Nevada finishing anywhere from, you know, second all the way down to eighth in this league. Uh, but I do think it has the right coach in place to try and build off or at least sustain what Eric Musselman built. And I think the players are pretty hungry um, you know, the guys who were sitting out last year to say that this wasn't just the Martin Twins, Jordan Caroline, and Eric Musselman. We're going to keep this program at a national level. Now, that's harder to do than to say, but there is certainly a different motivation and passion um, just because they feel like they're being overlooked regardless of preseason polls, even people within the community who are like, okay, our, you know, our great uh, tenure with Eric Musselman is over. I think they want to prove all of those people wrong and say that Nevada can still be good and can still win Mountain West championships. Chris, great stuff. Uh, really interesting to see what this basketball season looks like 
with so much change over. But uh, yeah, you're right. That that middle of the pack is going to be crazy because uh, uh, I think there's a lot of parity there. It could be anybody's to take. Uh, and mm-hmm. even for Utah State on top, it's not a sure thing for them at all uh, with some of the changes that are going on in the league. So it'll be a lot of fun. But uh, thanks so much for joining us and great insight about Nevada for both football and basketball. Always a pleasure having you on and uh, giving us your great insight about what's going on with the Nevada Wolfpack. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right, Chris Murray, he's with the Nevada Sportsnet. Uh, we've had him on before. You know we're going to have him on again. Great, great stuff. Great analysis for what's going on with their football and with their basketball team with uh, some of the news for both coming up this week. All right, to step aside, when we come back on the other side, we'll have some comments from Coach Gary Anderson, some comments from Coach Jay Norvell. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with Cam Haney and Chris Unga, uh, interviewed them, their thoughts about this matchup coming up this weekend as well. All that ahead on an in-the-know Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, Nevada gets a critical win over San Jose State. Can the Wolfpack jump back into this jumbled West Division race? We talk to their head coach, Jay Norvell, all about it. Plus, making nine wins for the Mountain West over Power 5 opponents after UNLV. Yes, UNLV wins at Vanderbilt. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you on a in-the-know Wednesday. Great stuff there from Chris Murray with Nevada Sportsnet. Uh, always great insight about uh, what's going on with the Wolfpack, both with their football team and their basketball team. Uh, coaching change. A lot of question marks uh, about that basketball team. How well did they uh, get right back into the hunt to be at the top of the Mountain West? This is a football team with a new coach that's turning some things around. They're four and two, uh, and uh, but they're still trying to find some some confidence and uh, find uh, kind of get the the fans back on board for what's going on with them. We'll hear from Jay Norvell here in just a moment, but from the Utah State perspective, uh, as we talked about, this is a team uh, preparing for a quarterback. Who they don't have a lot of film on. Malik Henry came in and was the third starting quarterback for Nevada. They've had to go through different quarterbacks, not because of injury like some schools have, but because there's been a lot of inconsistency there. And uh, Coach Gary Anderson gave his thoughts about Malik Henry in his first start for the Wolfpack. Wherever they're at and what they're doing, they're just... He, he, it fits the world that they want, right? Um, and he walked into that moment and he was prepared. And it was it was good to see, I guess good to see, is not really the right word because he played really well, but it's, it's good to see a kid jump into that spot and be prepared to do it. And he did. He took advantage of the opportunity and, um, you know, played well enough to help his team uh, do what they had to do to win the football game. So, um, you know, he's, he's waited to get into the position to, to make those plays and he's done it. And, um, 
we'll see you know how it continues to grow and how he continues to develop as he goes through time I'm sure he'll have high expectations and as well as coaches will for himself and he's he's definitely a young man that you you have to deal with he was 25 for 40 um, and uh, he did throw one touchdown it was a 75 yard bomb uh, he threw for 380 yards uh, did throw a couple of interceptions uh, in the game uh, but uh, Malik Henry and the stretching the field a bit for Nevada in their game and helping them come back from being down. And this is also a team that's had some close games. They've had some walk-off field goals. Uh, Gary Anderson knows the value of being able to win a close game. Oh, it absolutely does. And the adversity that they've they've had. You know, they've been up and teams have come back on them and then they turn around and this, this last game is just a, a perfect example of you know what they've gone through. That team has fought and battled, whether it's been good or bad or indifferent, and they kept on fighting and keep on uh, positioning themselves to keep playing hard. And that's the one thing you'll notice is these kids play hard. Um, football is important to them. They seem to really like football. So I think that's you're going to have two teams that I think it's the identity of both those teams are going to play on Saturday night. They both like football a lot. They like each other and they play hard. And uh, you know, so the ability to to make plays at the end, it always comes down to a young man making a play here, or making a play there to win those close ball games, and they've been able to do that a couple times. And you know, um, you know, we've had the opportunity to do that ourselves. So, should be a great matchup within the within the conference. Talking about somebody making a play here, or making a play there. Brandon Talton has certainly done that. He's twelve for twelve on field goals. He's uh, perfect. Uh, on the season, two of those have been for more than 40 yards, one of them for more than 50. Uh, his longest was a 56-yard field goal, uh, and uh, he's come up pretty big for them in some big moments. Uh, and uh, that certainly has also caught the attention of Gary Anderson. Pretty good, obviously. He's he's uh, he's made him when he's had to, and he's made him when uh, whenever he's been given the opportunity. So, and, and I think it's important to you know you want to talk, everybody wants to talk about the kicker there, and always wants to talk about the quarterback. Also, it's awesome for him to be able to get that done, and he's come through in clutch moments. But there's also a snapper and a holder there um, that are a key piece to that puzzle. So that's a three-headed monster that's uh, you know doing a very nice job for those guys, and and that's not to uh, also take away from the protection that he's getting to allow them to happen. But those three kids work in unison so well together when you have a successful unit on the PAT field goal team and obviously they're operating at a high level and have a lot of success and have a lot of confidence that they'll make it. So what does this team look like offensively, defensively? We ran through some of that with uh, Chris Murray. and uh, This is a team that's got a good run defense uh, and uh, doing a good job of uh, kind of limiting teams and their opponents, uh, not allowing them to run the ball quite as much as they would like to um, the they're only giving up uh, about um, you know, about 115 yards per game, uh, whereas Nevada is rushing 137 yards per game. Uh, so holding teams below their average, and this is what Jay Norvell wants to do, wants to be a good run defense team, not a good pass defense team. But Nevada offensively is a team that can sling the ball around a bit and can be explosive. And they do have that uh, bowling ball running back in uh, Toa Tawa. Well, you know, it's pistol offense. It's a physical run game. Um, just because it isn't pistol makes it much more physical as far as downhill run. That running back, instead of running sideways for his first two or three steps, you know, he's coming right down at you quickly downhill at two or three steps before he gets the ball in his hands. So it's a, it's a physical zone type um, football play that's designed to hit the line of scrimmage with the back moving 
Um, whether he's bouncing it outside, staying inside, but he's got some momentum going with him, so there is a physical presence to it. Uh, the play-action run game has been very good to them. They throw the ball deep, they take shots down the field, and uh, they have some very capable receivers. And um, you know, so they've obviously it's a little bit different offense just because of the pistol. And um, they're not in that all the time, but a lot of the times we're in the pistol, so it just changes up some of your calls and some of the things that you can do to try to take advantage of the uh, offset back. Um, you don't get the opportunity to take advantage of that as much um, when they're sitting back there in the pistol. All right, we'll hear from uh, what Jay Norvell thinks about Utah State. We'll also hear from Utah State uh, players. What do they think about uh, the Wolf Pack and trying to slow them down and uh, get uh, another conference victory for the Aggies? We'll hear from Chris Unga, Cam Haney. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Jay Norvell, he'll, we'll hear from him in just a little bit. It's all coming up on an In the Know Wednesday right here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Win a 65-inch 4K flat-screen TV from Lens Audio Video in the Preps Pick'em Contest. Presented by The Logo Shop. Sign up to play at 1069thefan.com. Pick the weekly winners of each high school game, and you could win one of 11 weekly prizes and be entered to win the grand prize TV. Go to 1069thefan.com, and you could win. It's the Preps Pick'em Contest on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. You know, we're going to play a great quarterback this week. I just think he's tremendous. And, and uh, you know, we, we're making strides in the back end with our secondary, but, um, you know, we're still not where we want to be yet. Um, and so we've got we to step up. And, and I thought we were more aggressive in the back end this week we made some real aggressive plays we pressured the quarterback we got to continue to do that defensively that's Jay Norvell the head coach for the Nevada Wolf Pack and this is a team that will let you throw on them they uh, give up a lot of yards through the air good run defense but not a great secondary uh, so yeah it'll be interesting to see that matchup uh, if the Utah State wide receivers can uh, make some plays if Jordan Love can get the ball in the air. Uh, will be weather uh, could be a factor, and uh, Jordan is not quite as good when it's cold and there's weather. Uh, of course, you could say that about most quarterbacks. That's a pretty obvious statement, but seems to affect him adversely more than most. So that'll be a big challenge for him because they're a good run team, a run defense. So uh, that uh, passing game is going to play a critical role. On the flip side, how well will Utah State's secondary do against the Nevada? passing attack. Uh, get a, I had a conversation to catch up with Cam Haney at uh, Utah State's practice yesterday, ask him some of those questions and how Utah State and how he specifically used the bye week. All right, talking to Cam Haney. And Cam, first of all, how did you use the bye week? How was that time that you took care of? And what are some things that you did? How would you use the extra time off? Um, for the bye week, I think I just went into practice with a game game week style mindset so um, I just prepared every day like we were playing opponent even though we had a bye week so I just honed in on a couple of my skills and measured my skill sets looked at some old film from the previous games and just went to work every day just get just continue to get better every day so that's really what I did. Did you go anywhere with the extra time off? Did you do anything different when you didn't have a game to play? Um, yes, um, I went home uh, in my hometown, Los Angeles, California, seeing some family, 
you know, just enjoyed the atmosphere for the little bit that I had before I come back before we get on this seven-game stretch. So that leads me to my next question. Yeah, this the out-of-conference games are done. The bye weeks are now done. It's all conference games from here on out. Is there been a, a shift in focus in practices? Do you feel like you guys are still dialed in? Or anything that's different now you get ready for Nevada this week? Well, I feel like our defense and the team, I feel like we, we understand what we have. We understand that it's a seven-game stretch, and injuries might play a factor, so everybody should be ready. Everybody should be having an edge, and I feel like I feel like right now we're at a good spot, and I feel like everybody's ready. Everybody's long-winded and just ready for the, for the seven-game stretch, and, and it'll be good for us, so... Looking at Nevada, this is a team that seems to be pretty inconsistent. Uh, they'll have one game where they look pretty good, pretty explosive, another game where they just really struggle. How hard is that for you as a defense to try to prepare for them and don't know what you're going to get? Um, yeah, I feel like that could be dangerous at times because, yeah, you never know. You know, they might be firing on all cylinders one game and then they have a very rough game. So you don't really know until we get out there. But all we could do is just keep preparing each each day the same way and just get ready for whatever happens. And we'll be the nail. Uh, no, we'll be the hammer. And the <laughs> opponents will be the nail. There you go. Yeah. I like it better to see the Utah State defense as the hammer. Yeah. Um, they've got a new quarterback. His first start was last week. Not a lot of film on him. Does that make it a little more challenging for you guys to prepare for him? Um, yeah, but, I mean, they still run the same route concept. So, I mean, he has a good arm. So, from what we've seen, you know, they switch quarterbacks every week. So, you'll you'll never really get a full beat on what they're doing. But I think that he's a very good quarterback. I mean, um, he's all around the media and stuff from him transferring from Florida State and him being on a Netflix series. So, like, you know, I feel like it's going to be a big game for everybody, and I feel like his arm is very good. He makes all the throws um, from what I've seen from that one-game film, and I feel like their team has taken a step with him being on the field. So, you know, we'll just get out there on game day. We'll play our defenses, and we'll challenge them. My last question, we're kind of at the midway point of the season, at least as many weeks as there are in the regular season. How would you kind of grade, what kind of midterm grade would you give your units and the team overall right now? Okay, I feel like our unit, we're very adjustable to anything. So we had a lot of injuries, but that did not stop us from doing our job. So I feel like as a grade, I feel like we got – we actually got better and progressed more. I feel like in the beginning of the year, you know, it was very like optimistic on what we were doing and and uh, um, you know, in the passing game and stuff like that and things of that nature. I feel like towards game two, game three, game four, our confidence starts to raise, and I feel like we now have an identity. So I feel like we got a B plus. And for the defense as a unit, I feel like we're at an A right now. I feel like we're at our A game. I feel like every day we always come to prepare, and I feel like our uh, coaching staff comes to prepare us to be great, and that's what, that's what we're striving for. And we'll make a lot of more um, noise as the games continue, and we'll just continue to get better and continue to rise. Well, Cam Haney, thank you so much, and best of luck on Saturday. All right, thank you. It's fun talking to Cam Haney. He's got a lot of confidence. Feels like there's been some good improvement with his his uh, unit, which has been maligned to some degree during this season. 
uh, that, that Utah State secondary has had some issues, uh, but uh, how well are they improving? How well can they continue to improve to uh, apply pressure when needed, but also take away some of those passing threats from opposing uh, quarterbacks? Uh, now, another part that can help with that is how good pr- that uh, front seven, what kind of pressure can they get on an opposing quarterback to rattle him, to get him off target, a little out of rhythm. Chris Unga has been a big part of that so far this year. And uh, as we heard Chris Murray talk about, this is an offensive line for Nevada, which is not that great. Uh, in, in fact, he called him uh, the uh, uh, pretty weak um, and says that it's a, a below-average group, to quote Chris Murray, of what he said earlier this hour about uh, Nevada. But here's Chris Unga, defensive lineman for Utah State, and what the bye week meant for him, and what they're working forward, uh, for, what they're working on, getting ready for Nevada Saturday night. Talking to Chris Unga, uh, defensive lineman for Utah State, and. First of all, before we get into Nevada, just how did you use the bye week? How was it for you having that second bye week in the season? Uh, for me, I I took time to spend time with my family. Uh, I have a brother who coaches down at SUU and a good friend of mine who also plays there. So uh, I took that bye week to go visit them, and they came play Weber, so I went and supported them and uh, spent time. I wanted to go watch my wife's uh, rugby game, so, you know, spent a lot of time with the family. It was nice to, you know, get off of the physicality side and, you know, lift my feet up a little bit. What do you see out of this Nevada team? This looks like... It's a team that you can get behind them a little bit. You can get some push on these guys. What do you see out of them so far? Uh, just watching film, they're a good team. You know, they 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 fell behind a couple times on the scoreboard, but they're a really good team. So we got to uh, kind of keep our A game, you know, going into this week. We can't take anything for granted. We got to just play our game with the physicality up front because um, we can handle it and just bring our A game. This is a team that uh, has seemed a little inconsistent, maybe, in some of the games that they've had. Some teams they've really struggled against. Others, they looked really explosive. Yeah. How hard is that for you uh, trying to prepare for them, not really knowing which team you're going to get? Yeah, it's kind of... Um, with our mentality, it's kind of good how we handle things because we don't, you know, we don't really see a team for, you know, they played this person, they played this person, they lost to this person, you know. We just kind of take it as our own way. We, per- we prepare every week the same um, to as a, at our peak to make sure we be able to per- perform at our best of a, uh, the best of our ability and, you know, just bring our physicality. What would you say about that defensive front that you guys have? There seems like there's a lot of depth there. Mm-hmm. How you fit into that mix and some of those other guys that are there battling with you on the line every day? Yeah, I have, uh, you know, it's me, Devon, Tipa, Nalea'i, and Justice Tei up starting in that uh, front line. And it's good to have people behind me knowing that, you know, if I need a break or something, they're going to continue to, um, you know, own that line, say, own, that, own those linemen with their physicality and their mentality. So it's nice to have that depth, um, even with with Justice and uh, um, Tipa on the side of us, so it's it's good, it's nice. <laughs> you've uh, had already some conference games that you've played, then you went out of conference to play LSU, right. then you've had this bye week. Is this served as an opportunity to kind of reset, like, okay, it's just all conference games now, 
we got this, the real goal in mind, conference championship. How is the, has there been a bit of a reset with the team, or is it just, hey, we're just grinding like normal? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we took LSU, and we bit the bullet, but it was a nice experience for us to go play a Power 5 team like that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're ready for the Mountain West, and we know what we're capable of. So, um, you know, we're not looking back, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves. We're ready to take that next step forward. They do have a new quarterback, Nevada. Uh, it looks like he had a pretty decent game last week. How hard is it for you to kind of game plan for him where you don't have as much film on the guy like you might normally have? Uh, with us, it's stopping the run. You know, the front line, that's all we're worrying about. So if they can't run, they can't pass. And they look like they have a pretty good run game. Yeah. Uh, Tawa, and then they've uh-huh. also got this other kid that's coming back. Yep. So they got a kind of a one-two punch I think we're probably going to be seeing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's our um, main point for this game is trying to stop them, owning the front line, and uh, hoping our front seven can you know, stop that run. Christopher Unga, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it was fun talking to Chris Unga. And uh, make sure you stick around on Saturday to hear the uh, in the know segments that I was able to do with both of those guys, uh, it always, that's the favorite part of what I get to do is to talk to these athletes and do these little in the know segments and talk to them, get to know them a little bit. So starting at six o'clock, well, actually about six oh five is when the KVNU game day coverage will begin on Saturday night on our sister station KVNU six ten AM one hundred two point one FM, and uh, that's where you can. Uh, hear Al and Craig, uh, myself, you'll hear from coaches, you'll hear players, and those in-the-know segments. Uh, as, uh, that's always kind of fun to hear how they react to some of the oddball and very random questions that I, I throw their way. So uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up on Saturday night. So the coverage will be uh, 6.05 and go right up until kickoff at 8.15. Utah State, the game will be shown on ESPNU. Uh, by the way, quick update on girls' soccer. We've got a g- couple games that have gone final in the 4A playoffs. Ridgeline dominating Dixie 6-1, to so they advance. It's their first playoff game in their school's history. And it looks like uh, Green Canyon has also knocked off Crimson Cliffs 5 to nothing. So uh, Green Canyon will host Cedar Valley, um, uh, looks like uh, most likely on Saturday. And so that's uh, kind of what the situation is looking like in the girls' soccer playoffs. We'll continue to keep an update on those scores as they go final. Uh, Coming up next, we'll hear some more comments uh, from the players and the coaches about this uh, matchup on Saturday night. As uh, we continue to get you ready, it's an in-the-know Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. Utah State getting ready for Nevada for an 8:15 kickoff Saturday night, it'll be on ESPNU. Don't forget, we got high school football games going on tonight as well. You know, give you a rundown on who's playing where, what's on the line for some of these games. So stay tuned for that. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press: the Aggies, Jazz, high schools, even the Pee Wee's T-ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, the Fan. <laughs> We'll see a different defense this week. They're more of a four-man front defense or under and over. They play some some three-man and some tight. Um, less, less drop eight than we've seen, which is different for us. Um, but we're going to have to do a great job up front. Our, our union is going to have to, excuse me, clean up their combinations and really uh, improve that way in our blocking schemes. And uh, we gotta we gotta attack their front seven and do a good job of establishing the line of scrimmage. Um, 
And then, you know, Malik's got to do a good job of reading coverage and putting the ball where he's, we're asking him to do it. Again, that's Jay Norvell, the head coach for the Nevada Wolfpack, uh, talking about Utah State's defense and the threats that they pose. But he, several different times in this press conference, he talked about how he needs to keep his offense on the field. Granted, most coaches will say something like that, but I think it really illustrates what the game plan is this year for opposing coaches is to do sustained drives to keep the ball away from USU. They don't want short drives. They don't want to chew short clock because they know how dangerous the Aggies can be. Uh, and so we might see more of that. A team may be going a little bit out of what they're normally used to doing to try to keep the ball and chew the clock uh, against Utah State, which has shown the ability to score quickly. And uh, maybe not as quickly as they've had, uh, they did a year ago, but they certainly have that uh, big play potential still with some of the players that they have. And as long as you have Jordan Love, you're going to have a chance. Uh, again, quick rundown of what's happening tonight for high school football. Uh, Logan is not playing, but right here on uh, on the fans, Skyview's playing. So we're going to have them hosting Providence Hall at, starting at about 645. Hurricane John Newbold, Rex Davis uh, on the call starting at 645. And also streaming online on 1069thefan.com. Bear River is hosting Clearfield tonight. That'll be on a 104.9 FM in Box Elder County. Uh, so it's an important game for Bear River, though uh, they have had some injuries, had some hard things go their way. Uh, Clearfield has not had a good season either. They've had a very bad season, to be frank. So it could be interesting to see who comes out on that one. Green Canyon's on the road. They're at Woods Cross tonight. That'll be on a 100.9 FM. Craig Hislip and John Russell on the call for that one. Uh, Ridgeline is on the road. They're at Viewmont. All these teams not that far from each other. Woods Cross, Viewmont, Bountiful, they're all kind of in the same area. Uh, but uh, Ridgeline is at Viewmont tonight. That'll be on a 104.5 FM. Dave Simmons on the call there. And then Mountain Crest, they'll be at Bountiful. That's where AJ is right now with AJ. And uh, that game will be on 107.7 FM tonight. That, If you have to choose a game to keep an eye on, that's the one. Mountain Crest and Bountiful, similar seasons. Mountain Crest is on the bubble, whether they're in or they're not in for having that first round bye. So it's an important game for the Mustangs to try to get this one. Uh, and again, that'll be on 107.7 FM. If you want to know... Who's playing where, how you can follow along on what radio stations, or if you want to find a, a link to listen on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or for Aunt Janine, who lives out of state, who wants to follow along, all of that's available on cashvalleydaily.com. Just go to the menu, click on the sports section. There's a little drop down menu there for uh, prep sports and uh, local prep sports, and that's where you'll see the link for a local high school football schedule. And that has all the details, uh, the radio stations, the links you can listen live, and how you can follow along. Uh, Box Elder is also playing tonight. Um, and uh, they're at Murray. Uh, and then we've got a couple different teams going on up in Idaho on Friday. Rich plays tomorrow. We'll update the scoreboard tonight and throughout the week. And then the uh, final RPI rankings for the season will be revealed on Saturday, and then that will also show us who's going to play where, not just who gets a first-round bye or not, but also who will play where for the 4A state playoffs. And as we have seen with the girls' soccer, um, it's it's definitely conceivable that a team that uh, 
didn't have as good of a region record, could have a better RPI situation, and that uh, you could see two region teams play each other again because it doesn't matter. It's all on not what your standings were in your region, but where you were in the RPI rankings. So that'll be very interesting to see how that unfolds. So anyway, that's what's going on with high school football tonight. Make sure you uh, stay tuned here. We'll have the Skyview broadcast uh, as they host Providence Hall this evening. John Newbold, Rex Davis on the call starting at about 645. And uh, we'll have more through the week. Continue to get ready for Utah State and Nevada with that game starting at 815 Saturday nights. KVNU game day coverage will start just after 6 o'clock. Have a great night, everybody.